Tonight, we want to look at the ultimate fence, the ultimate guide to hold our thinking together, to keep us safe. And what is that? It's the Word of God. The best thing we could do at a time like this is to go to the Bible, the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God, because the Bible has answers for life. And the Bible has answers for death. I was thinking of the words of this great hymn, My Jesus, I Love Thee. I love thee because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I loved thee, my Jesus, Tis now. But the third verse says this I'll love thee in life, I will love thee in death, and praise thee as long as thou lendest me breath. And say, when the death dew lies cold on my brow, if ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. I hope you can say tonight that you love Jesus in life, that he is your Savior. And if you can say that, then you can love him in death. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the life of Brother Amsterdam. We thank you for everyone who's here tonight, Lord. And we are here, not by chance, but by divine appointment. And we have before us your inspired word, and I pray that your spirit will take the word and apply comfort to our hearts. Lord, where it's needed, we pray you'll apply conviction. We pray you'll give us understanding. We pray that we will see that death is very real. We will understand you have a solution for it. Thank you, Lord, for these moments. Open our eyes and ears to your word and give our hearts tenderness to obey. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. My text tonight is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 26. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. And the title of the message tonight is this, Understanding the Enemy of Death. Death indeed is an enemy, but as we will see, Jesus has conquered it. In this text, we learn this about death. Death is indeed an enemy. No one knows that better than this family. Death is an enemy. After two funerals in this family, I had one in my own family. My youngest sister passed away. And at that graveside, I reflected on all the deaths in our family over the last few years. Death is an enemy. Death comes. It separates the soul and spirit from the body. So it's an enemy. It's an enemy because, as we will see, it's the result of sin. And funerals are hard. Celebrations of life can be very difficult. 
And whether it's a teenager, whether it's a baby, whether it's a senior citizen or a saint in the Lord of many, many years, death is an enemy. And we all come to these times and there's sorrow, there's grief because we face this cruel enemy called death. But this verse is very encouraging because it says this enemy is going to be destroyed. And we can praise God for that. I want you to notice another verse. It's from the book of Romans. And it teaches us this about death. It says in Romans chapter 5 verse 12, a verse that we have worked on in memorization here in our men's ministry. It says this, Therefore... Just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin. Get this. And thus death spread to all men because all sin. Think about this. There are no people groups, no ethnic groups, no nation that escapes death. It is universal. All over the world, there are people dying. And now the world population is 8 billion, over 8 billion, and counting. And every one of those 8 billion will experience death, except for believers who are alive when Jesus comes back at the rapture, and they will escape death. But every human being faces death. This enemy, we heard it said earlier, it is a certain uncertainty. It is universal. It is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter if you are a millionaire, billionaire, or a pauper living under the bridge in a cardboard box. Death is no respecter of persons. Have you ever asked yourself, why do we have death? Why is death in this world? It's this terrible enemy and it's universal. Why do we have it? Why does every culture under the sun grapple with this question, the death question? And what happens to me when I die? Why do we even have death? This same verse, Romans 5.12, gives us the answer. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and get this, and death through sin. And thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says this, for the wages of sin is death. And I thank God that the verse doesn't stop there, but let me just pause and talk about it for a minute. Every week or two weeks or every month, once a month, whatever your pay schedule is, you look forward to your wages, what you get paid for the work that you have done. We get paid something for our sin because all of us have sinned. And what we deserve because of our sin is death. Eternal separation from God. If this verse stopped here, we all would perish in hell forever. But thank God, there's a comma and a but. The wages of sin is death, but 
The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. We can have eternal life. We can escape death. In the Garden of Eden, God said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And what happened? Eve ate. Adam ate. But wait a minute. They didn't drop dead. God said, the day you eat, you'll surely die. Oh, but what did they do? They ran, and they hid from God, and they tried to sew fig leaves together to cover their shame. They were spiritually dead, alienated from God, separated from God. Yes, death, spiritual death, alienation from God is a result of the sin of Adam and Eve. There are three kinds of death in the Bible. There's spiritual death, separation from God. There is the result of that, physical death. But there is this, there is eternal death. In the book of Revelation, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. You see, we will face physical death even as Christians who believe in the Lord Jesus as our Savior unless Jesus comes back. But praise God, we will not face spiritual death because we've been brought into relationship with God and we will not face eternal death. No, we won't. So this death, it's universal. And we find this as well in Romans 5.12. It's rooted in the first man, Adam. Just as through one man, Sin entered the world, and death through sin. Death spread to all men because all sin. We were there. Adam was our great, 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 many greats, grandfather. And did you know this? There is one human race. One human race. Oh, many ethnicities, but one human race. We all have the same great, great grandfather, Adam, and grandmother, Eve. And because of his sin, his rebellion against God, death came into the world. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this great resurrection chapter, we have another truth about this. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 21, it says, For since by man came death, that's Adam. He brought death to us. By man also came the resurrection of the dead. That's Jesus, called the second Adam. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. So this death is rooted in this one man, Adam. And yes, he was a literal human being created by God. No, he did not evolve from any lower form of life. God made him in his image and gave him the will to choose, and he chose to sin against God. And we were there in him, and so death is spread to all men. But as in Adam all die, so in Christ all shall be made alive. Oh, praise God for this. It is rooted in the first man, Adam, but it is overcome in Christ alone. 
It is overcome in Christ alone. Yes, it's an enemy. Yes, it's universal. Yes, it's caused by our sin. But it is overcome in Christ. Since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. As in Adam, we die in Christ. We can be made alive. Now, I back up just a little bit, 1 Corinthians 15, the great resurrection chapter, to the premise, verses 3 and 4. For I delivered to you, the Apostle Paul says, first of all, of utmost importance, priority number one, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. All through the Old Testament, we have prophecies about the coming of the Messiah. Isaiah chapter 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. According to the scriptures, Christ the Messiah died. And why did he die? He was the perfect man with no sin. He died for you and for me, for the sin of the world. Amazing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried, he was placed in the tomb, and that he rose again the third day According to the scriptures, Psalm 16 prophesies thousand years before the resurrection of Jesus. So here is the gospel that Christ died, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day. And if we will believe the gospel, we have hope in death. The physical body may perish, but we have life in Christ, an eternal life, life that never stops everlasting life. And I love the account in the Gospel of John. It shows the humanity and the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. The shortest verse in the Bible, two words, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Why? Why did he weep? He was at the tomb of his friend who died, and Jesus wept. He understands human grief. He understands like no one else understands. Yes, Jesus cares. But in that same chapter, John 11, we find this amazing claim of Jesus showing his deity. Jesus said to her, to Martha, Lazarus' sister, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me Though he may die, that's physically, he shall live eternally, spiritually. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die, spiritually and eternally. Praise the Lord. So what's the answer? It's the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus overcomes death, but we must believe in him. Notice what we're saying here. We're not saying be religious. We're not saying go to church. 
We're not saying get baptized. We're not saying give money. We're not saying just be a good person. We're saying believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, not just in our heads, but our hearts. That if you call, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And dear friends, there's nothing better that could happen at a time like this than someone would call on the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, save me. Forgive me of my sins and give me eternal life. You are the only one who can overcome death. It's overcome in Christ alone. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's overcome in Christ alone, through his death, through his resurrection, through the gospel good news, death, burial, resurrection of Christ, and with Jesus' exclusive claims. No one on the face of the earth in the history of humanity has the answer to the death question except Jesus. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I'm the only way to the Father. You want to know God? You want to have eternal life? It's through Jesus. So we say, come to the cross by faith where Jesus stretched out his arms and we say to him, how much do you love us? And he says, this much, and he dies. Come to that cross and trust in Christ. There's no other name whereby we can be saved except the name of Jesus. Two other things about death. Oh, praise God for this. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 3. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. It will come to an end. No more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. It will come to an end. Praise the Lord. This is the hope and the message of biblical Christianity. Death will come to an end. But let me finish with this. And this serves as an admonition, a warning to every single one of us. And over the years, I have witnessed, as you have too, over and over the enemy of death. Some very unexpected, but this verse is true. Hebrews 9.27, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. I want you to think about this. It is appointed. Question, who makes the appointment? 
God does. Death comes by appointment. And yes, it is certain for all. God is the one who makes the appointment. And the question is, are we ready? This life is short compared to eternity. A little girl asked her mother, Mommy, how long is eternity? She'd been to Sunday school. She had heard about eternal life and about eternity. She said, Mommy, how, how long is eternity? And her mom thought of some way that maybe she could explain this to the little girl. She said, Honey, you know how you've learned in school about the North Pole and the South Pole? Yeah. You know those little birds that we see outside our window? Yes. Imagine there's a great big rock on the North Pole. And every hundred years, a little bird flies up there and takes just a little grain of sand, just a little pebble, and flies all the way to the South Pole and leaves that pebble there. And another hundred years goes back and gets another little grain from that great giant rock and takes it to the South Pole and deposits it there. Honey, when that great big rock is all gone, eternity is only begun. Now is when we prepare for eternity. Death is certain, but Jesus has the answer. And you say, well, what do I do to be ready? It's very simple. I like to put it in ABCs. A, admit I'm a sinner. Yes, God, I've sinned. I've violated your moral laws. I admit it. I acknowledge it. B, believe on Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection in your heart. And you're to express that call on the name of the Lord and be saved. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There would be no greater honor for the passing of Brother Amsterdam, who was a member of this church, than that at his Life celebration, someone would come to know Christ. Someone would say, God, I know I've sinned, but I believe Jesus died for me and rose again. I'm asking you to save me. Don't confuse it. Don't complicate it. Come to Christ. Come to the cross and believe what he has done. Let's bow our heads together. Our dear Father, we thank you so much for your grace, and your mercy. And Lord, this terrible enemy of death is not the final victor, and we praise you for that. Because the Lord Jesus Christ gained victory over death. And because he rose from the dead, he can grant life to those who will believe in him. Dear Father, you know every heart here. I pray if there's one heart that does not know where it's going, if they were to die, I pray that they would see their need and come to the cross, acknowledge their sin, believe in Jesus, call upon him to save them. Oh God, make it clear to our eyes and to our hearts and our minds 
When you go to the Lord to believe in his son, the Lord Jesus, you express what's going on in your heart. It's not about fancy words. It's not about formulas. It's about talking to God. And you can tell him, God, I know I've sinned. I've done bad things. But I believe you love me. And Jesus died for me. I'm turning from those bad things and I'm turning to Christ. I'm trusting in Jesus to forgive me. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Before we close, I would just like to ask, with our heads bowed in a prayerful mood, is there one, are there two, three, who would say, I want to believe in the Lord Jesus as my Savior. I'm not sure where I would go, but I understand now what I need to do to be ready. And I'm asking God to save me. I'm putting my trust in Christ tonight. Would you do this simple little thing? Would you just put your hand up so I could see it? I see my need of Jesus. I'm asking him to save me. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Our Father, you see our hearts. You see our hands. I pray, Father, that you will bring assurance and strength, that you will bring, Lord, conviction to any who have not trusted in Jesus. I pray, Lord, that everyone would know what will happen to them when they die because we have believed in Christ and Christ alone. I pray, Lord, for your comfort, your grace, your strength to this dear family, for Sister Amsterdam. Continue to make her a testimony of the grace of God and the strength of God. I pray, Lord, for Gina, for Gloria, her losses, in such a close amount of days, but Lord, you have reasons. And you are a God of mercy and grace and love. Fill them, Lord, with the knowledge of who you are and give them your amazing grace and strength. And we pray that for all of us. In Jesus' wonderful and loving name we pray, amen.